Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the unofficial WWE Podcast. Today is January 13th, 2022, and you guessed it, as always, we are talking about last night's episode of Monday Night Raw, I mean AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite, it was, it was, it was very, it's just, let's just play the intro. Came to AEW to dominate. Number one, Jeff Perry. Nobody is gonna take this away from me. This is mine once again. D. All right, you guys, as always, we're going to get into last night's episode of Dynamite. But before we do, because as you can tell, I'm just thrilled to talk about whatever that two hours was. Uh, I just want to quickly plug Patreon, a dollar a month for all of these shows on this feed, ad-free, and then some, some extra content, or you can go to iTunes and subscribe there and get all these shows ad-free as well with the extra content, a bunch of really awesome co-hosts on this feed on the WWE Podcast, so if you are not subscribed on either of those platforms, if you're not subscribed on both of those platforms already, what are you doing? Get to it. It's the, it's the place to be, be there, be square. Yes, that. Do it. Woo. All right, let's talk about this night's episode of Dynamite. And guys, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I can get through the show without being interrupted. Uh, maybe it's going to be a post-podcast beatdown. Because this is an AEW-related show, and that seems to be the only thing AEW knows how to do at this point. Because somehow... Somehow the good, it's guys, it's the good wrestling show. You know it, I know it, we both know it. Let's just, we're here, you're listening to the show, you know it. You, you know it. How did this happen? When, when did this subtly happen? And I think you guys could probably tell on the tone of each show. Yeah, we got these awesome matches between Brian Danielson and Hangman Page. And we have had some really fiery exchanges between CM Punk and MJF. And there has been some other good stuff too. But I've been rather generous to a lot of stuff that really hasn't been good. And this, to me, was kind of the culmination of just sucky. This was, a, this was to me, the worst episode of Dynamite. Probably ever. Uh, and I'm including, like, those Saturday night shows in it. Because this was the most tropey, sports entertainment-y crap that I have ever seen on a Wednesday night. Except NXT. On a, on a Wednesday, on TBS. On TNT. TBS. On Warner Television programming. This is the worst crap I've ever seen. Uh, of professional wrestling. You guys know what I'm trying to say. You get it. This was awful uh, in a lot of ways. There was some good stuff on the show, don't get me wrong. Even an awful Dynamite has some good stuff. Has some really good stuff. However, let's let's just get into it because I have a feeling I'm going to repeat myself a bunch or I'm going to try not to. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to get into every single awful thing too, guys. I just don't have the energy and I don't like being negative. Be, believe it or not, Believe it or not, I enjoy coming on the show and ranting and raving about what I loved way more than coming on here and ranting and raving about what I did not enjoy watching because I watched the show too, guys. I watched the show for my enjoyment as well. So if the show sucks, you don't get a very happy meanie. And, and I don't know about you guys, I like a very happy meanie. 
this is the one this is the one show AEW is about the one show that I make a weekly appointment to watch otherwise I don't got a lot of time guys I don't know my grammar just became that but I don't have a lot of time to uh to sit down and watch a lot of television I just, I just don't um it's the what it, it, it I think it is if you guys have been 20 or before you're 20 I don't know how old you are if it's just the nature of of being a young adult a struggling financial young adult, a financially struggling young adult, that there's just not a lot of time to sit and do nothing. Uh, and that's fine, and that's wonderful. But so AEW is kind of my, is my treat, is my weekly treat, guys. Uh, Rampage, obviously, we have that. And yes, there's Dark, and there was Battle of the Belts and whatever. And I don't even, I don't even know if I have the energy to talk about that, that excuse of a show. I guess that's where we'll start. We'll start with Battle of the Belts. But Dynamite, those two hours are really, you know, must-see television for me. I make it happen. I don't get to watch it live most Wednesday nights, but I watch it a little bit later, a couple hours later, and I fall asleep to it sometimes because I'm old and I can't stay awake. But it's the one thing I really enjoy watching on a weekly basis. And when it's crap, I'm not a happy meanie. So I don't just enjoy being negative Logan Meyer 23. I don't just enjoy coming in front of this microphone and shit on AEW. That's not, that's not, and shit on anything. That's, that's really not an enjoyable thing for me. If that is enjoyable for you, I'm, I, good luck with life. I hope you do wonderful things. And by the way, totally separate from that, therapy is awesome. Really recommend therapy. Therapy's great. Therapy's a really cool thing. So everybody should give it a go. All right, guys, let's talk about Battle of the Belts first, and then we'll get into Dynamite. And and I'm not going to go over every match on Battle of the Belts. I am going to say, yes, that spot with uh, Gold Dust, and uh, I just called him Gold Dust. Oh, my God, I need to go to bed. I just called, uh, all right, that spot with Dustin Rhodes and Sammy Guevara was awesome. That Canadian Destroyer off the apron, through the table. It was so beautifully, like, executed, and I think... The way the table broke, everything, it was so perfect. And the rest of that match was okay. They definitely got lost or it slowed down at a couple points. And, and I thought, I don't know, they lo- it was way too long for my liking. They lost me at a bunch of points. And I don't know why the cross I, I, the crossroads is like a really crappy move to me at this point. Uh, I know it's the reckoning and for Damian Priest as well. It doesn't matter who's doing it. It, it doesn't doesn't look good. It doesn't look like it hurts. It just looks very non-impactful. Unimpactful? It doesn't look like it hurts that much. Uh, You know, I'm not saying I want to go take one, but it doesn't really look like a a finishing maneuver to me. Uh, All of like Wardlow's uh, power bomb or like uh, the the GTH even looks awful. Uh, Like looks awful to take looks like yes I would get knocked out by slamming my head into someone's knee on the way down from their shoulders. That makes sense to me. The crossroads doesn't it look looks like a preschool finisher. So that was part of that match too that I, I didn't you know that's gonna be in any match that has the word roads in it I guess. But yeah Sammy Guevara winning. I do like the idea of uh, an intermediate title obviously an intermediate title. Why am I forgetting the word already? Let's just go with that. A title until Cody Rhodes comes back and then they're going to face again. I like that idea specifically because Cody Rhodes is going to come back and get booed and and now you got two quote-unquote TNT champions and Cody Rhodes is going to be like, thank you, Sammy, you know, for holding the fort down uh, while I was gone, but I'm back now. Don't worry, I got it. Like, just do his Cody Rhodes thing. I'm I'm not saying what Cody Rhodes has been doing has been good, but I, I think we could have a lot of fun with this intermediate title shtick and I, I have faith in that for some reason still after this episode of dynamite but yeah the match was all right it just wasn't blow away but that spot was blow away but a spot doesn't make a match um 
we, we, you know, as professional wrestling fans, we love to see that crazy stuff, but that doesn't mean the other 20 minutes of a drawn-out match where they were slow and got lost and just did stuff to do stuff at some points, and it, it, it some of it looked contrived and clunky. That spot doesn't make the rest of the match better, so uh, it definitely helps, though. And the rest of the show, I thought the FTW title thing was, like, unnecessary. I just, it was like, I, I, I this felt like, a B, it's this, if Rampage is the B show, this felt like a C show, guys. Like, this was Matt Seidel versus Ricky, uh, Ricky Starks. It was good to see Ricky Starks in the ring again, but, like, I don't know. This, this already Battle of the Belts felt so unimportant. And then at main event, guys, I mean, it suffered from the rest of the card. It suffered from the lack of importance of what was this hour of television. So, really not a lot to talk about other than that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, uh... Hopefully, if they do Battle of the Belts again, I, you know what? I actually believe if they try to do Battle of the Belts again, it will never be as big of a deal as it could have been if they had put more effort into this and made it a bigger deal. I know that they had a last-minute change. That's fine. Uh, but, I don't know, an FTW championship match doesn't feel like must-see television to me. It's not even a recognized title in AEW. It just, I, as much as I adore Ricky Starks as well, but it, this, wasn't, this wasn't a good show. It wasn't must-see TV, and, and I, honestly, by Saturday, guys, I had had my full of AEW, and I hate that. I want to be looking forward to every Wednesday night, and uh, by Saturday night, guys, I had had too much of a, not even of a good thing, but just too much of AEW. I, I didn't, and that's, I don't watch Dark and Dark Elevation most of the time. I don't have the time, but I got Dynamite, uh, a subpar Rampage, and uh, even more subpar Battle of the Belts, so it wasn't, and not a, not a wonderful uh, dynamite last night either. So there uh, not last night last week either. So that those are my thoughts on Battle of the Belts. Let's talk about let's talk about last night's dynamite guys because we we started off with a promo train. Like what what a, what television show? What wrestling show am I watching? Because I thought I tuned into AEW, but it all of a sudden felt like a Monday night, and I. I and you know what? I will say this, that this these these players, these players, having Adam Cole come out, like, I didn't mind. I think I'm a lot more forgiving and understanding uh, of, of a little sports entertainment stuff in my, and I don't mean to use just that word. I, I'm okay that every Dynamite doesn't start off with a professional wrestling match. I'm okay with like every now and then break up the monotony, have a uh, have a promo to start off the show. I'm cool with that, definitely cool with that. This was a promo train, and it wasn't a good one. Uh, yeah, we had Adam Cole and uh, Red Dragon come out, and then the Young Bucks come out and be like, "Yo, w- w- what's going on here? Like, thanks for the invite." And then uh, they started talking about how stables sucked. The two of them went back and forth. Very like we get it. It was very. <sighs> This was one of those examples of something where, like, yes, I'm really... The minute they announced the the possibility of, quote-unquote, friendly competition between Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, I got really excited. But the journey to this match, I'm not so excited. I'm not enjoying as much because this isn't... This wasn't great to me. It just didn't provide, like, I, it didn't make me... It's not making me want to see the match any more than I already want to see it, if that makes sense. So this 
isn't really promoting anything for me. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but to me, it just I also would love to hear what your thoughts on, on AEW starting off the show a little bit differently. Dynamite starting off with a promo rather than a match. I Like I said, I really am okay with it. If it's done well and it's done correctly, this wasn't, this wasn't great. Uh, Adam Cole starts talking about how they're going to be the greatest stable ever, which is funny, right? Because we all know most super stables suck. Uh, in fact, the only big stable like that I can remember that I haven't really not liked was, uh, the inner circle. And I was going to say the pinnacle, but what is, what is the pinnacle? I don't know. I don't think the pinnacle is really a thing. So I, I don't know. I just... I, I thought that was funny, and I liked that part. But then he starts talking about best friends, and immediately when he says best friends, best friends comes out. They go face-to-face. Orange Cassidy, I'm enjoying the development of the Orange Cassidy character. He can no longer just be Orange Cassidy all the time. He's going to have to show some fire, and that is what he did here. Chris Statlander looked great, I thought. I was really uh, happy to see her just on television, period, on Dynamite, so that was nice. But... <sighs> It was just another beatdown. It was nothing new. We have seen this for the past couple weeks. How many times the super elite or whatever you want, not even the super elite, whatever, Red Dragon, Young Bucks, Adam Cole, whatever you want to call this faction thing, dysfunctional family, can they coexist? Beat down on the best friends. The only different thing they did was have Britt Baker come out. And yes, you know, you know, you guys, I popped. Also, Britt Baker needs to show Karrion Cross how to hit that forearm in the back of the head because, mm, get it, Britt. Yes, I was excited. And you know what? I was a little torn, guys. I was a little torn, if you would believe it or not. You know that one woman, two women, I guess, technically, but one woman has my heart, and that woman is DMD, Britt Baker. However, I do really like Chris Statlander, so I was, I was a little bit like, gosh, didn't we do this all right? Like, I don't need to see you guys fight. I like you two. Do separate things. Do separate things so I can enjoy both of you guys. Uh, however, obviously, Rip Baker is supposed to be a heel here. So this made sense. And, 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 you know, that mixed tag team match next week that they announced later on, definitely going to get a rating. We'll talk about it now, that little backstage segment. Uh, Britt Baker telling uh, Brandon Cutler to shut up. Wonderful. And the Young Bucks little commentary with Brandon Cutler was funny. The rest of it's a little too much. It's just... It's so overplayed. It's just, I think I was in a bad mood right off the bat because I just had a vibe. I just, I caught a vibe, caught a vibe. No, I just caught a vibe, guys, from the from the beginning of the show. Um, I was nervous. I was hopeful, but I was nervous. But this was not a good start. And uh, it was just, it was the same old shit. That's, that, what new, like, the only thing that was new in this was Rip Baker and Chris Statlander's, Chris Statlander's involvement. They're going to have that mixed tag team match next week. But, oh, my gosh, AEW just slams, like, these rivalries into the ground. And it's just the same versions of different match. It's the same. It's different versions of the same match over and over and over again. So it's one of these I was trying to say at the beginning of this, and I got totally sidetracked. It is, to me, one of these things that AEW is, like, known best for for me at this point where I'm excited about the destination, but I'm really not enjoying the journey. Uh, and I am excited about the destination of the Young Bucks versus Red Dragon, but I'm just not enjoying the journey of this, whatever this whole thing is. Uh, Trent Beretta, though, guys, eight, eight pack. The man has an eight pack. There are eight of those. He looks incredible. Put a, put the TNT title on him. Do it. What are you doing? St- st- fight me. Trent Beretta. I, yes, I've heard some of you agree with me out there. I know, I know you're out there. Trent Beretta looks incredible. Incredible. 
Uh, I don't know what it is. He, he just feels way beyond whatever all this best friends crap is. Uh, with and, and there's no nothing, no slight on either group. I like both groups, but this is just when you show me the same thing every week and try to pretend that it's different. Like you're serving me the same shit, but you're just putting a different seasoning on. It's still the same shit. It's not even a different seasoning. It is not even a different seasoning, you guys. It is the same. You know what? I've done a lot of cursing already. I shouldn't have to look for things that I enjoy, but I did want to quickly mention this. Orange Cassidy, I can get caught up. I can get caught up in, in the negativity. I will admit that. Orange Cassidy's cell of the boom, like that knee by Adam Cole, like chef's kiss. Wonderful. If, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you missed it. You didn't watch it. Somehow you looked away. You looked at your phone because you were like, why am I watching the same crap over and over again, but just a different version of it, uh, which I don't blame you. Go watch this back just to see Orange Cassidy's cell of it because he's so good at what he does. Orange Cassidy is such a once. I really will say he's a once in a lifetime talent. But he's got to be used correctly. And um, speaking of being used correctly, the sequencing of this show was crap. And we're going to start with CM Punk versus Wardlow. Littler Man versus Big Man. The first version of that match. Exactly. Actually. Exactly. Actually. Actually. Exactly. CM Punk versus Wardlow. And uh, and essentially, long story go away, right? <laughs> essentially, long story go away, right? CM Punk. CM Punk is a veteran, so he gets a little bit more in than, uh, he's been doing this for a little while longer, so he gets than, uh, than your Lee Moriarty's, et cetera, et cetera. He gets a little bit, Colin Delaney, Colin Delaney and CM Punk, maybe, you don't want to take that back, Colin, Colin Delaney has been around for a while, but, uh, but still, CM Punk's got a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a, of a better reputation, so he's able to take it to Wardlow, for a little while, but in the end, Wardlow is essentially powerbombing the crap out of CM Punk. After, I think, like six powerbombs, he goes to pin him. MJF says, eh, 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 no, you do not. Powerbomb him some more. He berates him, berates him, berates him. Powerbombs him more and more and more. And then powerbombs him to the table to the outside. There's a funny 10 count, but CM Punk gets back in the ring. And essentially, MJF says, do another one. Wardlow does another one. He says, do another one. Wardlow goes for another powerbomb. And CM Punk, CM Punk, that sly little, you know what, that sly, you know what, that sly mother, that sly mother rolls up Wardlow and gets the three count. The small package, I want to talk about this real quick. I'm really happy it wasn't just like your regular, uh, like your regular roll up. The, when you think of a roll up, you know, we're, we're all thinking of the same thing, like your regular standard roll up, right? I appreciated that it was like a small package. I like a good small package in a backslide. We don't see enough of that. We don't see enough of that anymore. And um, I will say that the small package was not executed to perfection, right? Wardlow's a big guy, though. And CM Punk is also 44. Like, I could forgive that. But like, it, that didn't matter to me. I actually really enjoyed this finish. And I thought this was a really good way to do it. Uh... I thought that having CM Punk had to win, right? CM Punk had to win this match. We were I take that back actually. CM Punk did not have to win this match. To me, guys, the, this is the way I had this dream booked in my head and then we'll get back to reality here because when I try to live in my own head with this stuff, it doesn't go well. But uh yes, this is how I had this dream booked. It was CM Punk was actually going to take the loss to Wardlow, a la like uh Brian Cage when he kick the crap out of uh, Hangman Page right before Double or Nothing, but I wasn't going to have no, like the difference between that and this was going to be that there wasn't going to be any interference from anybody uh, like Team Taz did in that instance. And, you know, we don't have to worry about it. 
it does show very similar themes to like how because Wardlow slowly turning babyface and Brian Cage was, but I just kind of wanted Wardlow to literally beat the crap out of CM Punk and have that be that, and get the three count and CM Punk be like, yeah, I got I got the crap beaten out of me, fair, and have it be a big setback, and then we get to extend this feud longer. We get to like have them take a quick little break from each other. Maybe we don't see CM Punk for a second, you know. Less is more, guys. Less is more, especially in pro wrestling. So give me less, and I will want more. Uh, and uh, and he was going to get a clean victory over CM Punk. And that was going to set CM Punk back, and then CM Punk was going to somehow make his way back to Wardlow eventually, end up actually beating Wardlow, and then getting his match against MJF, and then getting the championship match. You are agape right now. Your mouth is on the ground because you're like, oh my gosh, Mimi, why do you not work for this company? You should work side by side with Tony Khan and QT Marshall, and uh, you should write this show. And I say to you all... Thank you, but I want to be an accountant when I grow up. So I don't have time for that, but I really appreciate the compliment. And the way this actually went down, I was okay with this well. I understood why they did it, and it worked. And the the selling of Wardlow, the anger in his eyes when he grabbed MJF's wrist, when MJF was just berating him after the match, and then obviously we have uh, Sean Spears come out, and the accountab- the accountability buddy stops Wardlow from beating the living bejesus out of uh, MJF. Oh, God, we all we all wanted to see it. And as we were watching this match, uh, again, as always, if you don't know, if this is your first time over here, welcome, by the way, to the uh, AEW Dynamite Review Show. Welcome to the good show. This, sh- this week it sucked, but welcome to the good show of the week. We're happy to have you. We were waiting for you. You are welcome here. Take a seat. Enjoy the podcast and enjoy Dynamite. Not this week because it was hard to enjoy, but next week hopefully it will be better. Welcome. Welcome. But uh, if you are new here, you don't know. If you aren't new here, you know probably at this point that I, I watch the show with my fiance. Uh, sometimes she's more willing than others, but this week she, this week she wasn't so into it. And I don't blame her because the show sucked. However, what she did say to me during this match was, and I always love to use her opinion because she's a very good casual fan reference for like whatever the mystical casual fan is. She said, wow, I can't wait to see him kick the living crap out of MJF. And it's something along those lines. And I thought, you know what? Oh, no, this is what she said. I can't wait to see MJF get all those power bombs. And I was like, yeah, yeah, me either. So this is working because it is promoting. Actually, this is like a, this is doing, this whole match is doing a lot of things because it's promoting the match between MJF and Wardlow, promoting that feud. I'm getting more excited about that whole thing. It's promoting the CM Punk Wardlow stuff. I want to see that one time again in the future. It's promoting Sean Spears and CM Punk because of Sean Spears coming out at the end. And obviously Sean Spears kind of being a part of the pinnacle, whatever the pinnacle is, if it's still a thing. It's promoting MJF and CM Punk, obviously, right? A bunch of really good promo stuff going on within a match that was enjoyable. It was enjoyable to watch Wardlow kick the crap out of someone, even if it was the man, the myth, the legend, the greatest of all time, not really kind of, the guy, I, my favorite probably male pro, pro wrestler of all time, CM Punk. It was still fun. That is how great Wardlow is. It was still fun to see him get, you know, kick that living crap out of CM Punk. Um, I, I heard for him. I want CM Punk to, I wanted CM Punk to win, even though I had my dream booking. But as a fan, I wanted CM Punk to win, and it sucked to watch him get his, you know, powerbombed 19 times. But also, Wardlow's just so fun to watch. He's such a beast. The way he, the way he does the little leg flip one, you know, when, like, the guy's on his back, and he, like, flips the leg over, and it's all one fluid motion into the powerbomb. Like, that's the best one. The crowd always pops the loudest for that one, too. 
the one thing Wardlow needs to do is he needs to decide, you know, I need like Ashley on the show or maybe we'll get Mary Grader one time if she would so, you know, present her presence here on the AEW Dynamite Review Show because maybe they will, you know, and you know what, I take that back. You know what, Zach Smith or anybody else as well, maybe even Matt at some point, they, they, might, they might know as well. They might agree with this fact. I don't mean to be, you know, sexist and just point out the women here, but like uh, Wardlow needs to decide. The whole point of this whole thing was Wardlow needs to decide whether or not he's going to put his hair up in a ponytail or he's not. Because whatever that weird thing he's got going on, that whatever that little circular thing in the back of his head is, I'm not, I'm not, it, 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 it distracts me the entire time. I cannot focus. It is like when John, John, it's like when CM Punk wears the tights. I can't focus on anything else. All I can focus is on that stupid little ponytail bun. It's not even a bun. It's like, I don't know what it is. It's like a loop-de-loop. It's a loop-de-loop and it's ugly and awful and it just doesn't, it looks gross and it doesn't make sense. So figure it out, Wardlow. Somebody show Wardlow how to put his hair in a bun or leave it down. Make a decision. The ambivalence is killing me. Uh, CM Punk looked amazing too, by the way. The trunks, guys. And he also looks like he's like, you know, he's not bulking up, but he's like, actually, he looks even trimmer. And he looks a lot more natural in the ring, uh, even when he's just getting the crack, crap kicked out of him. So I really like this match. The, uh, the problem with it and the post-match part as well and uh, MJF coming out later in the show as well. We can talk about that now, too. Uh, MJF coming out later in the show and essentially, you know, booking the match with Sean Spears and CM Punk. Of course, we all kind of felt that one coming, but that was really good as well. Keep it up. MJF's great. MJF was the highlight of AEW a lot of the time, so no no complaints there. This is where things get a little tricky because this is where everything started to really go downhill. I didn't like the beginning segment much. It was, it was, it was good to see Britt Baker, but other than that, eh. Uh, and like I said, next week's probably going to get a ratings for that uh, mixed tag team match. But I don't know why. Weddings and mixed tag team matches. People really seem to like that stuff. So I, I don't know what. Whatever. Uh, I didn't. And, and I enjoyed this first match. But this is where things started to kind of go downhill. Uh, so you have big man versus little man. You probably shouldn't do big man versus little man right after who 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 is back there is it laziness like is it just like or i don't know did somebody hit tony khan on the head like what we we all know how stupid that tweet was so maybe somebody really did maybe tony khan needs a vacation or something because something's going on here where i see like something like something's missing a screw is loose at the moment for these little stupid things you would never ever ever expect to just go on in AEW. I know it seems like such a small thing, such a small detail. Don't book the same match back to back essentially, and I know I'm not I'm not stupid. I am under I'm well aware that young 20 whatever year old Dante Martin is not 40 something year old CM Punk. I'm well aware that Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs are two different people. But the style of match big man versus little man like that, which was very apparent very apparent in both matches. That was the story being told throughout both match matches. But yeah, yeah, you got yes. But, but um, the story being told throughout both matches, one and two, Powerhouse Hobbs and Dante Martin and CM Punk and Wardlow. It's like a cardinal sin in the wrestling world. You just don't do that. It's such a simple detail, not to book that back to back. It should raise or it's like. 
it's like a an error message when you're coding something or it's like uh the little red squiggly line when you misspell something like it should be a you know red alert don't do this warning there's an error fix this and then move on like it's like I don't know where, how this slipped through the cracks or if AEW and Tony Khan and QTMR, if this was just laziness, what this was. But I couldn't even enjoy the match. I really, guys, I have nothing to say about Powerhouse Hobbs and Dante Martin that's positive, which sucks because I love Powerhouse Hobbs. I really think Powerhouse Hobbs has so much talent and potential. I think he's not talked about enough. His facials are incredible. Give me a tag team of Hook and Powerhouse Hobbs and put the belts on him genuinely we'll put every belt on hook but that's a whole different conversation hook is the highlight of every week ever from now on for the rest of our lives it's decided genuinely though powerhouse hobbs is so talented and so fun to watch and i really enjoy his match with punk for some reason a lot of people didn't like that nearly as much as i did again that's a subjective opinion that's fine i love that and i know we watched it live but also when i when we came home and watched it and i watched it on television Grand Slam Rampage. I really, really like that match. Probably one of my favorite matches CM Punk has had since he's been back. Uh, probably right below the Eddie Kingston match even. And Dante Martin goes without saying. Dante Martin is absolutely incredible. Dante Martin literally levitates in the air. Every time his feet leave the ground, he pauses somehow for like the briefest millisecond. But that man levitates. So... Malachi Black is doing all this mystical, magical stuff. I don't think it's Malachi Black who has the magic. It's Dante Martin because the man can fly. He can fly, guys. So I really enjoy both these guys. And I don't think the last match that they had hit their potential at all. And I thought this one was way worse. Uh, I thought that the finish was really bad. Jay Lethal, why? 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 Is Jay Lethal, of all people, coming out to save Dante Martin? I'm going to address a couple points here and I want to make this, uh, we're going to, we're going to do this to the best of our like neutral ability, but all right. Jay Lethal is clearly, I've talked about this. I think the signing is really stupid. The man is past his prime. The man is past his prime. And, uh, and he is a huge, that's one, that's one like total. If we just want to look at his actual ability in the ring. Yes. Couldn't he put on a good match? Absolutely. His match against Sam McVara wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad match. But there's a lot of great wrestlers out there that can put on a good match. Is he all elite? Is he worth signing on this roster that you already have that is huge when there's so many other people out there that are probably worth more AEW, like whatever money, roster money? I'm, I don't know if like, Tony Khan just has an endless pool of money somehow or whatever's going on, but it seems like it because you got to have that if you're signing Jay freaking Lethal at his age too. And then, on a total side note, like, outside of just Jay Lethal, the professional, Jay Lethal was a huge name in the speaking out movement. And yes, guys, I know innocent until proven guilty is the way we do it in America. And I think I'm pretty, pretty okay and understanding with a lot of, a lot of wrestlers who have been spoken out about during the speaking out movement because I, I don't think it's my place to assume things. Are certain people, do they certain people make me uncomfortable to watch them on television? Yes, still, today. If you don't feel that way, that's up to you. And if you do feel that way, that's also okay too. I know we're in the sandbox. But it's very similar, and this is a bad, this is a really bad analogy, but it's the only thing I can think of, guys. It is the only thing I can think of. You know what, we're going to go back, I'm going to go, I'm going to go way back. We're going to go way back. Chris Brown, way back in the day, when Chris Brown, you know, was violent and abusive, 
to Rihanna, Chris Brown, it was like, not even, I don't want to call it cancel culture because that so does not fit the gravity of the situation that that was. But we didn't, you didn't listen to Chris Brown music at that time. Like Chris Brown was not, you didn't, we couldn't support Chris Brown at that time, right? And still today, some people still feel that way today. I'm not going to judge whether or not you listen to Chris Brown music. My point being is that I, as a person, I was so young at that time, I, I can't really describe my own experience, but it was the first It was the first experience that came to mind that I feel like we're a little bit more removed from, that it might be a little less emotionally tense to discuss. I don't know. And if I, if I, this is making you uncomfortable to talk about, I apologize. You can just hit that skip button forward a little bit too. But I do think it's important to talk about. And, and I think we're not going to just ignore the stuff because it's real life, right? Um, and we can't. And it's, and if we're ignoring this stuff, we're no better than the companies that aren't investigating any of it. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to not talk about it because it might make somebody uncomfortable and we might lose a viewer or two because they're like, oh, I came here to listen to pro wrestling talk. Well, guess what? Yeah, those women also probably went to their jobs to wrestle, to to, to be a professional wrestler, not have whatever happened to them have happened to them. So back to my point. At the time, a lot of people felt very uncomfortable supporting any kind of music or anything Chris Brown did. And a lot of people still feel that way today because of the person and the actions that Chris Brown as a person committed uh, to whoever it was. It didn't help that obviously it was someone as famous as Rihanna. But like that, that's besides the point. My point here is that I feel a very similar way that those people might have felt when I watch some of these people on television that have been accused, yes, allegedly and accused, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a judge, jury, and executioner, guys, just accused of certain behaviors. And the fact that most of these accusations have been very minimally looked into makes it even, makes me even more uncomfortable watching a lot of them on television. Some people I can handle a little bit more than others. Some people it's like, if you, I didn't, I did a lot of research as well, guys. I did a lot of research on a lot of these because I didn't just want to be someone who came on this podcast, spoke in front of a microphone, not knowing what I was speaking about and speaking very generally. I'm speaking generally not because I don't know the specifics from from what has been said, but because I don't feel like it's my place to get into that. If you want to go find out, you know, what accusations have been made, what uh, allegations have been made, that's up to you. But you hire somebody like Jay Lethal, who a lot of people feel like uncomfortable watching on television. I know I'm not alone in that. A lot of people feel uncomfortable because of the accusations made during the speaking out movement. You spend that amount of money and I you you bet your butt he's, he's getting a good amount of money. That guy is I, I don't know his specific contract, but Jay Lethal could go wrestle in a lot of places. I I, I guarantee you Tony Khan is is giving him a good dollar. Uh when there are so many other wrestlers who you could put in that position, who you could be spending that money on, right? And I don't mean this person versus that person. I don't think Jay Lethal should be on my television, period. Period. I don't want to see him on my television, period. It makes me uncomfortable to watch him on television. Uh, and I feel that way about a couple other people too, but I also know that these are accusations uh, the investigation that goes into the accusations has been sad and depressing, like I said, and, and minimal at, at best. But they are accusations and, um, and you know, 
in America, we're innocent until proven guilty. Sadly, that's the way the judicial system works. So all I can do is sit here at home with my feelings. And I don't like watching Jay Lethal on my television. And I'm going to tell you guys that uh, that might not be best audio form. Like, this might not be the best content for audio or a podcast. I, I don't really care at that point. I just, I feel like it needs to be said. I feel like it needs to be said. And I don't want to see him on my television. And Tony Khan continues to put him on my television. Uh, I, it seems like another bonehead move from Tony Khan. There seem to be a lot of bonehead moves from Tony Khan. The tweet, right? Just this general, this whole general card. Hiring somebody like Jay Lethal and a couple other. And, and again, I don't need to, I'm, I'm going to let it go after that. But I want, I want to validate anybody who feels uncomfortable watching certain people on television uh, because of whatever reasons, but specifically because of allegations during the speaking out movement, you have every right to feel however you feel. You don't have a right to, you know, uh, try to, you have every right to feel how you feel. Let me put it that way. And, um, and I'll move on. But my, my point being is that you put Jay Lethal on my television already. I'm already in a bad mood. I don't want to see this guy on my TV. I'm sorry for rambling and ranting about that. And I also apologize if I said anything that offended anybody or anything. I'm not going to go back and edit through this. I, I want to give you guys my raw, just like raw take about stuff. And sometimes that's going to come with stumbling over my words or rambling or saying something and retracting and then trying again. But I'm a human and, and, and I'm and I um, I'm trying my best to get my point across in the most diplomatic way possible and without triggering or offending anybody who might be listening uh, because I think it's important that we're considerate of each other as well. But I am going to speak about things that might make somebody uncomfortable um, because some they need, they need, they deserve to and need to be spoken about. And if you are somebody who sits at home and feels uncomfortable watching a Sammy Guevara on television, guys, watching a Darby Allen on television, watching a Jay Lethal, watching a Matt Riddle, whoever it is, right? Plenty of people who have been accused, who have allegations against them that are horrific, horrific things to do to anybody. And I know they are allegations. You are allowed to feel however you feel about those people. Despite what the internet might tell you you're supposed to feel, despite what someone else might tell you you're supposed to feel, you can feel however you feel about watching those people. And I know how I feel specifically, and you can do your own research, but knowing the facts that I, knowing, no, knowing not facts, that's not the word I wanted to use, knowing the things that I have, the allegations, the specific allegations that are out there and, and the, uh, the knowledge that is out there, if you would like, if you would like to research about specifically Jay Lethal and, the, and Jay Lethal's accusations, I don't, I don't feel comfortable watching him on my television, and I feel that way more and more every single time he's there. Uh, so, hopefully, hopefully we'll see, we'll see where it goes from here. Um, but I don't think I'm the only one who feels that way, and if you also feel that way, I just want you to know you're not alone. You're not alone, and if you feel that way about any professional wrestler specifically, uh, you're not alone. Um, so that was so not where I meant to go with that, but here we are all of a sudden somehow. Again, I'm leaving this all together. We're going to go, we're just going to do it raw. We're just doing this whole thing raw today, guys. Um, but then you have the baby face going back in the sandbox, like, ooh, you know, let's go back in our sandbox here. You have the baby face getting, like, essentially, yes, I know he did his move, but, like, the, the pinfall victory where the, the, the heel, you know, bounces up right afterwards, essentially a, a fancy roll up is what that was to uh, Will Hobbs, and he's rolling away on the ramp. The baby face is cowardly, being cowardly away, 
or being coward being a coward and and backing away on the ramp I don't that just makes me hate Dante Martin as a person I just don't I don't like it makes him look like a little bitch is what it does uh and then you know all that being said Jay Lethal is the person who's helping him it just it doesn't it doesn't work for me so this didn't work for me. This just this whole thing didn't work for me, and the sequencing of it just didn't work. And and I was not I was not a fan. All right, um, speaking of things I was not a fan of, the inner circle are being interviewed backstage. Eddie Kingston interrupts them because what what do you know, guys? Another backstage interruption. I don't know. It's, it's Chris Jericho. The one thing that I did like in this is Chris Jericho said comp- country when he meant company, and then he just made fun of himself, and that was funny. Uh, but other than that, this was the same crap we've seen for the past couple weeks. Saw this on Rampage, saw this whatever. We saw this in the main event later on. Just post-match beatdowns, angles, backstage interruptions. I'm not, I don't feel like talking about it. And, uh, Eddie Kingston feels, I, I talked about this when we talked about Andrade and Aleister Black and Cody Rhodes. The way you know if a program like this is working, guys, does the person who is supposed to be quote-unquote elevated, right? Because we'd suspect that Eddie Kingston should be elevated by this, the star power of Chris Jericho, quote-unquote. I'm sure that's how Chris Jericho feels. Does Eddie Kingston feel like more or less of a star? Does Eddie Kingston feel more or less important? Are you enjoying Eddie Kingston more or less on television from before this whole thing started? Versus right now. And I can tell you subjectively, I think objectively from what I've seen a lot of the, uh, a lot of, of, from what other people are saying, from what I've seen online, a lot of people are enjoying Eddie Kingston a lot less because of this. Uh, and Chris Jericho is just rubbing his stink right now on Eddie Kingston. It's not the other way around. So, and it's not, it's not helping Eddie Kingston at all. So this is just more of the same repetitive crap, lazy lack of storytelling, same same matches, just a different seasoning, different flavor. It's the same thing at the end of the day and the same ways to quote-unquote further those stories. And they're not even stories. They're just quote-unquote angles, I guess. It doesn't even... It's the same crap. This is... I don't even know what to call it. It's just the same thing. I'm just watching a different version of the same thing over and over again with all these different feuds. I, I don't know why AEW put itself in cruise control all of a sudden. Um, so, yeah, that that was not great. Um, I also, like... I will say, though, Eddie Kingston's not selling that, like, GYF or GFY, whatever it was. Go Oh, G, GFY. Okay, I didn't... I've never heard that. I was with Eddie Kingston. I didn't know. I had to ask. I looked it up. Uh, all right, guys. Adam Cole, the Bucks, we talked about that. All right, next up, Hangman Page comes down to the ring. I'm going to make this short and sweet. Dan Lambert's got to go. I don't know what Dan Lambert supplies to this company anymore. It's not good. It's not good. I don't, it's not good. It is, I'm so, I'm so over it. And I don't want to talk about Dan Lambert anymore. And then Lance Archer comes down. Uh, literally, oh, fine, this is the only thing I'm saying. But Dan Lambert comes at Hangman Page for not being a cowboy. Like, he puts over his title reign, but he's like, I, you're not a cowboy. And like, what, was that supposed to be funny? Who who thought this was good television? And then we get Lance Archer who comes out. He looks like he's going to attack Dan Lambert. He doesn't. He puts Hangman Page through the table with his move. Oh, my gosh, Lance Archer. Maybe he's going to actually get it done this time. Because he's never gotten it done ever before. It, it doesn't, I'm not, Lance Archer is not a credible challenger to me. Some people might say, oh, well, Mimi, Mimi, you're too salty. You're, you know, you need to be more positive, Mimi, Mimi, Mimi. I don't know why I'm saying my name so many times. Mimi, you need to be more positive. You're just negative for negative sake. Think about it. They need an interim challenger until, you know, the next big, the next big feud. Why? 
Why? AEW has such a huge roster. Give me someone I actually want to see feud with Hangman Page. Give me someone who's actually... Daniel... Brian Danielson had a legitimate chance to win that title from Hangman Page. I was... I, they got me in so many spots. I guarantee you guys. I guarantee you. I will bet the lack of my home because I still rent on the fact... On the fact... On the fact... On the fact that Lance Archer is not going to beat Hangman Page for the world title. I have zero doubts in my mind, and I will have zero doubts in my mind throughout the entire match. They will not convince me because Lance Archer has zero credibility left. And why does he get to challenge for the title? Because he attacks a champion. What am I watching, WWE? No, I'm not. I'm watching AEW because technically Lance Archer lost in a tournament to Eddie Kingston. He doesn't get to challenge for a title. I understand how he lost was sad and it was depressing and he did the moonsault and he hurt himself and thank God he's okay and healthy and he's back and I'm happy for him. But this is not the role that Lance Archer deserves to be in or should be in because it doesn't it doesn't work. You don't need to hold out for your next good challenger. Just give us the next good challenger. Times are different, you guys. Pay-per-views are not the leading revenue for professional wrestling anymore. TV, TV is where it's at and I still think you should build your biggest match of pay-per-views. But AEW is such a huge roster with so many better challengers for this, for Hangman Page. So many better matches, so many better feuds. I'm sure they're going to have a giant plunder brawl. I'm sure they are going to beat the crap out of each other. I'm sure they're going to put themselves through 900 tables and barbed wire and whatever else. I don't, it doesn't matter. Cody Rhodes put himself through a flaming table. A, a A table on fire, you guys. Cody Rhodes put himself through it because Andrade didn't even touch it. He put himself through it and I felt nothing. But disappointment. I felt like a disappointed parent to Cody Rhodes. Like, why are you doing that? You don't need to do that to impress the cool kids. You're not impressing them. In fact, if you do impress any of them, they're just going to get sick of you the next day because what's the next cool thing you're going to do? AEW can't be the spot company. It's a storytelling company. And there's no story, There's no credible story to be told here. So that's that. what I have to say about that. I'm moving on. I'm getting in a bed. I want. I got to go make some taquitos, you guys. More taquitos, at least. <sighs> Arn Anderson, Lee Johnson, and Brock Anderson are all being interviewed backstage. And what do you know, guys? What do you know? There's an interruption. FTR and Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson go back and forth like they're going to have a match again. Guys, stop. You're not. You're not. Someone's knee is going to give out. You're, just, just don't. Have a Nerf gun war or something. I don't know. Play bingo. I, that's, I don't. Maybe that's ageist of me. You know what I'm trying to say. Just stop with this. I'm done with this. I understand I might not be the target audience for this because I wasn't alive for the glory days of Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. But what are they? What are they even teasing? Two 60, 70-something-year-old men getting in a ring of... Who wants to actually see that? Yes, Sting. Sting and, Sting and Goldust is in his 50s too, I guess, as well. I think, late 50s? or I'm not even going to look it up this time. Those guys can still somewhat go to an extent. I'm not... Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard are not... No, I don't care about... Stop teasing that. There's nothing to be teased. I'm sick of it. And and why why does there have to be like angle, angle, angle over and over and over again? Somebody called Kurt because there's too many angles. This is so pointless. And Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson fist bumped like four times. What was that? I just, tell me who is excited for this because if you are, power to you, I love you. I'm not, I don't, I don't mean that. I'm sure you're a great person, but I don't feel that way about you. Um, if you're excited about this, power to you. 
I just don't get it. I don't get it. And it's not because I want to see Brock Anderson get his head kicked off again by Malachi Black. That would be preferable for me every week on Dynamite. That would make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. However, I understand that I I need help and that not everybody feels that way. Uh, but don't give me this. Don't. This means nothing. This makes no sense. That that And then there needs to be no angle created for this tag team match. At the very least, have FTR and Tully Blanchard cut a promo, I don't know, somewhere. It's just like give them literally 15 seconds to say, oh, you know, we're going to beat these guys newbies butts because they're rookies or I don't know, whatever you're supposed to say to build this match. I don't care much about Brock Anderson. He doesn't really do it for me. So I am excited to see Lee Johnson in, uh, in the ring again, though. I feel like it's been a little while since we've seen him on Dynamite, and I think the guy is really talented. So this just kind of felt like more wasted time. Uh, and speaking of wasted time, speaking of wasted, speaking of time being allotted, not wasted time, speaking of time being allotted to incorrect things, we got a video package of the TBS champion uh, Jade Cargill winning last week. Uh, just a video package. Uh, unless she has COVID or something, I don't know. But she wasn't the the, T, the new TBS champion who got... I understand the match wasn't wonderful, guys, but got a very minimal amount of TV time on uh, last week's... Like, to celebrate the match she actually won on Dynamite last week. On the first ever Dynamite on TBS... is not on at all, not live, on the next week's TBS show. She's a TBS champion. This is the new title. And you already don't, you're already fanning the flame. Not, that's not what I mean. You're already, you're already pissing on the flame is what you're doing because I I already, this title already means nothing to me. It has no value because AEW has once again shown me not to care about the women's division. Not to care about the women's division. So, speaking of not caring about the women's division, Hikaru Shida versus Serena Deeb. This was the one women's match on the entire two-hour show. And we're talking about a show where I had to watch Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson fist bump three times, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson talk about how they're going to have a feud or tease another match, two grown white men in their 70s tease having another match one day. Where I had to see the same exact match twice in a row, essentially, right? Big man versus little man. Where I had to see a baby face get a roll-up victory and then run away up the ramp. Where I had to see Bear Country versus the Acclaimed for all for a post-match angle, right? Where Matt Hardy, where Matt Hardy wrestled a match for longer than I wanted to, I wanted to poke my eyes out watching that. Because I was blown away by the incompetence of whoever put the show together. You gave Hikaru Shida and Serena D this feud that's heated up. And I've seen a lot. The crowd did not give them nearly enough credit, by the way. But but why would they? Why would they? Because AEW has continuously told its audience not to care about the women's division. Serena D gives the best chop block ever to Hikaru Shida. The actual work in this little segment was great. It would have been fine. If there was actually more, maybe there was a, maybe there were two, I don't know, guys, maybe there were two women's matches on the show. That would have been cool. Rather than Matt freaking Hardy, I understand they were in North Carolina, but what, what are we doing? What are we doing? I got to stop talking about this show. I got to go to bed, guys. This is getting me fired up because I'm just, I'm so, I want, I want AEW to be a company and I want uh, Dynamite to be a show I really enjoy watching. But when I see 
clear, clear, clear mistreatment uh, based on gender, based on a bunch of other stuff too, based on a bunch of other stuff too. Uh, and then it tried to be like guised, disguised by by like a tweet where I'm going to name certain... When I see what's going on lately in AEW, it's it's infuriating because at least at least WWE is crap and knows it. At least they own up to just being a company. AEW is trying to pretend to be the good guys and then they do this kind of stuff. And I'm not just talking about the bad content on television. Yes, that's one thing, but it's the it's the mistreatment of wrestlers and it's the it's the it's the clear favoritism to the certain type of wrestler and I think we all can put our brains together and figure it out. Uh, speaking of which, Matt Hardy versus Penta, I don't care. I didn't care about this. Oh, this was like a, tw- it felt like a 30-minute match to lead to a post-match angle. Where the lights come out, Malachi Black is in the ring. Somehow the the heel gets beat down by a bunch of supposed baby faces. And then we see Brody King uh, appear. Who Brody King, by the way, looks awesome. This tag team, if you saw the images, like this is a good thing, right? That looks awesome. They are going to be an awesome tag team. Put the belts on them ASAP. Poor Brody King had to debut on probably the worst dynamite ever. And uh and I think that's that's definitely because of the dynamite surrounding it and all the issues surrounding AEW period right now. Uh but and it, and not in a good way. AEW didn't do a great like so unoriginal at this point. Cool, we're turning the lights off and we're turning it back on, but I don't I don't understand I understand that that's Malachi Black's thing, but it just this this so was so backwards, so backwards. Uh, there were so many probably better ways to do this and I don't need to give that like I, I don't feel like talking about it because you know what I'm not the booker of AEW they can figure it out they're getting paid for that not me I'm not getting paid to do that not I'm not I'm not I don't care bear country versus the acclaimed you guys I don't care uh the acclaimed won by pinfall with the mic drop it was good to see it was the good to see when I say I don't care let me put it this way it was good to see Bear Country and the Acclaimed get spotlighted on TV. And they didn't do anything wrong. This match wasn't bad. It wasn't their fault. This was this was like... The problem was is there was already so much crap on this di- episode of Dynamite that I was already put in a bad mood. And by the time you got to this, I couldn't have cared less about it. If you put this on a show that was actually good, I probably would have been hyped up for it because you're elevating two teams that are getting more TV time and they probably deserve that TV time that they're getting too. But on a show like this, it just felt like another you-know-what stain uh, on a just a giant you-know-what stain. Uh, a, just a, a pointless match with a pointless uh, beatdown at the end of it with Dar- Darby Allen and Sting. Like, okay, saw that one coming from a mile away. Come up with a new way to tell stories, AEW. Lazy mother that's, that's it. That's all I got for that. I'm sure there were more interviews backstage. There was one I missed with Jungle Boy and Jurassic Express, uh, excuse me, and Christian Cage and Jurassic Express and and Dark Order interrupting them. And yes, the the inner the actual back and forth was funny, guys, but I, my like my ears shut off and I I stopped caring because it's just the same. It's just over and over again. It's the same vehicles for storytelling. Uh, this was like worse than I, I thought. Monday Night Raw was better than Dynamite this week. Yeah, I said it. I thought Monday Night Raw this week, guys, was better than was better than Dynamite. Uh, you know, on a curve, on a curve. Let's let's call you know. Let's be fair. Uh, all right, let's just talk about the main event and then get out of here. What do you say, guys? Um, Andrade had something as well. I think he in, interrupted an interview. Yes, interrupted in my Matt Hardy interview. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it, guys. I'm not going there. We are done talking about Matt Hardy. 
Main event, Daniel Garcia versus Sammy Guevara. This was a good match, you know, um, it was a it was a good match on a crap show. So kind of suffered the same fate from uh Bear uh Bear Country and the acclaimed. You know, again, two young guys who I would be really interested to see and, and definitely Sammy Guevara specifically, he's got a lot of star power now. But how was this match built? Uh, I don't know. Post match fight on Rampage, right? That's new. That's a that's a original way to tell a story. And um well, how did this match end? With Sammy Guevara hitting a not-so-great GTH and then a post-match beatdown with 2.0 and then Chris Jericho and Eddie Kingston doing whatever they are doing and I've seen this crap for the past, like, three weeks. I'm so... I was so over this episode of Dynamite, guys. And, I, and I'm and i sorry if it felt really like I skipped stuff or we rushed through stuff or I talked about stuff that made maybe you made got uncomfortable talking about some of the stuff that we talked about here today on this podcast. However, you know what? The show took us where the show took us, you guys. And... I want to be excited to watch AEW next week. Hopefully, hopefully this is the company that listens. Hopefully they're not just, you know, blowing smoke up our, you know, what's, I don't know why I'm saying, you know, what's at this, but hopefully they're not blowing smoke up our asses. We're we're already this deep into it, guys, uh, at this point. And hopefully they are actually really listening. They have their ear to the ground and, um, and hopefully things change. Hopefully things change. Uh, I'd really love to see, women spotlighted more and getting more TV time uh, than a quick little thing of a match. Serena Deeb getting the, the win by, you know, ref stoppage in like under five minutes. Not even. That's being generous, you guys. And Matt Hardy being on my television for like 12 minutes, which felt like a half an hour in a match. Again, I understand it's North Carolina. It just, it, it, it bleeds out all the problems in this company. The the systematic problems that have really been coming to the surface lately. And if you're going to claim to be the babyface company, if you're going to claim to be the good guys, if you're going to try to try to act like you want to provide equality and all this stuff in, in a, in a place that, that in a, in a, in a world period, but specifically in a sport that has been, uh, not had it, not had it uh, for a really long time at this point, for forever, really, since it started. Uh, you're going to need to actually put the action in and actually show that you want to do that rather than just talking about it and then giving me Matt Hardy on my television for 12 minutes and, and you know, the smallest amount of representation for women uh, on this television show and you wonder where your female audience is AEW you wonder where your female audience is when you put Dan Lambert on your television all the time and just this this was a really this put me in a really sour mood you guys I'm in a sour mood now and I feel like I need a nice cup of hot cocoa maybe yeah I'm a grown adult sometimes I want a cup of hot cocoa just kidding I'm not gonna have a cup of hot cocoa I'm gonna have a cup of tea I'm gonna have a cup of tea and I'm going to go and probably go to bed. And then I'm going to look forward to Rampage. I'm probably not going to look forward to Rampage. I'm going to hope that things in AEW have an upswing because there's so much wrong going on in this company. And I think this week was finally just the straw that broke the camel's back for me, you guys. I think it was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And I think uh, AEW has a lot of things it needs to address. And it sucks because I really, as a person, I really love pro wrestling guys. And I, and I thought I found a company that I could just enjoy it in. And I still, I'm not like, let's not get over dramatic here. This is not like the end of AEW or me watching AEW or anything. But, um, but there's clear, there's clear, uh, 
it's been it has been clear that there's there's a lot of things that haven't had changes that um that really need to be changed and I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that i'm gonna leave it at that i'm gonna go have my tea you guys i'm gonna go have some tea i'm gonna go to bed Next week, next week when I get in front of this microphone, I hope to be praising to the high heavens all the wonderful changes and the progressive nature of some of the actions on Dynamite. And I'd love, I'd love to see maybe even an apology from Tony Khan somehow, a public apology for his idiocy for that tweet last week, which is I've only become more enraged uh, at the further away we've gotten from it. Um, because, you know, we have people like Leo Rush and whoever else who have spoken out about it. And, you know, he wasn't on TV this week for whatever reason. Maybe, I don't mean to speculate, maybe it's that, maybe it's something else. But it's creating not some good waves. And, and uh, at the end of the day, AEW is probably still going to be fine. And Tony Khan's still going to be a gazillionaire. And I'm still going to be eating taquitos out of an air fryer. But, uh, you know, it's it's we're, we're here to talk about this stuff because we, we want wrestling to be good. And um, we want the wrestling that we watch to be good. We want it to be something we enjoy. And we want, uh, at least I want, I'll speak for myself, I want uh, people to be praised because they're good at what they do at their job, uh, not because of their gender or anything else uh, that you can fill in the blank there. Um, all right, guys, with all that being said, listen, I hate to end on a, on a low note, so I'm going to try to end on a high note, maybe like a nice C sharp. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to sing anymore because I already feel like I did that once on this podcast. I'm going to thank you, wonderful listeners, for listening to this show, for all the shows you've listened to, for everything that you did in 2021. Happy 2022, by the way. Let's hope maybe there are some wholesale changes for the better on the uh, show that we watch, and then... Either way, guys, we're still going to be here. We're still going to have the opportunity to talk about it, and we're going to continue to have the conversation. And um, if you did get this far on the podcast, power to you. And I thank you for being open-minded and um, and not an internet troll. So have a wonderful rest of your week. Have a great evening. Have a great night. Have a great morning. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, have a great day at work. Have a great sleep. Have a great dinner. Have a great date. Have a great family reunion whatever you got going on in your life i hope you get to throw some taquitos in the air fryer have a cup of tea go to bed and have a great rest of your evening day morning whatever thank you i'll talk to you guys next time thanks for listening to the wwe podcast don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com and for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.